as they're um, serving everybody. I I listened to a, a sermon. I, this is this is totally aside. I'm just kind of filling, filling time. But I listened to a sermon years ago in one of my preaching classes, and um, it was on Romans 16. And the the guy giving the the message, um, uh, he started off sort of wonderful message, beautiful, great. And I'm not even, not even sure the guy's a Christian, honestly. But uh, he said um, he was always taught stay away from the lists. And when you're preaching, don't you know, stay away from the list as much as you can. <laughs> so what am I doing? I'm, I'm in the list this morning. <laughs> but he, he preached out of a list, and it was an amazing, amazing sermon. I'll, if anybody, um, uh, his name just, his name's one that, you, know, you have blocks on names. It starts with a C. If you want, if, if you want to hear a really cool sermon um, on a list, let me know. Um, this will bring tears to your eyes. Um, so out of Matthew 1, I've been preaching on the, uh, the women in Jesus' lineage. All right, let me um, read this once again. The record of the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar which uh, we talked about last week, right? Uh, um, Perez was the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab, Aminadab the father of uh, Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David, the king. So when, you, when you're thinking of this, now, let me, let me say this real quick, and then we're going to talk about Rahab this morning. Um, uh, when you look at uh, all the begats in the Bible, um, know that sometimes, um, it, th- this was customary, it's not something that people, people did and said, aha, I'm tricking you, but if um, sometimes uh, generations are skipped, um, so... You can say, yes, these, these people are in a line, but let's say, um, you know, let's say my dad had, a, you know, did a lot of great things, and so it's, it's the John Duck line of the family, right? And then let's say I came along, and uh, I really was kind of the black sheep and didn't, you know, I, you know, I just didn't do much. But I had, I had a kid, you know, I had a son, which I don't, but one of these <laughs> days I'll have four, all right? Um, but my, my son actually took over from my dad and, and did something really wonderful, right? So it, they may say, scripturally, you know, John Duck had son um, and in, include the grandson, all right? So you, and that's normal. It's not trying to do, but that's just something they did historically in, in the line of, um, you know, biblical lineage. So when you when you go back through here, it may or may not be exactly it is the right line, but it may not be, you know, father, son, father, son, father, son. May it may skip a generation here and there. Um, but assuming that, if you look at this, David, his father was Jesse, right? So his grandfather is Obed. Am I doing that right? Right? So his great grandfather um is Boaz, right? And uh, so 
And Boaz, um, so great, great um, is a salmon uh, and Rahab. Kind of cool. Not, so not far from, from David. Now, um, let me, I will say this kind of as an aside. Some people, if you actually do your research here, some people think Rahab, they, they, they wonder whether this is Rahab the harlot from the Old Testament. Okay? Uh, most people will say it is because it's one of the few, you know, it, he names specific people and it'd be at the right time frame. Um, some people, they go, well, it, it's, it doesn't say Rahab the harlot, which if I were Rahab, I would be saying thank you for omitting <laughs> that this time, right? And I think that that's the Lord, honestly. But um, there, are, there is a question if you look at it. I personally believe it is uh, because the time frame is right. Um, uh, there is a Jewish tradition, however, that um, would contradict this. It said that Rahab actually married Joshua. Um, so it would contradict this, so I don't don't go with that. But just to give you an idea, so Rahab, uh, if if you would, I'm going to just for sake of time tell you this story here out of Joshua chapter number two. Um, if you'd like to look at it, you may. I'm going to uh, read a few verses. But Rahab uh, lived in the city of Jericho. If you remember uh, your uh, history, uh, you know. Israel, the, the nation of Israel was in Egypt for 430 years. They came out, and remember, they crossed the, the uh, Red Sea and with Moses. Everybody's, everybody's seen the Ten Commandments, right? They crossed the Red Sea. They get into the wilderness, and all of a sudden they're going, we don't want to be in the wilderness anymore. We want to go back to Egypt. And God said, no, you're, you're going to stay. And because you doubted me all these years, you're going to spend 40 years walking around, right? Um, that's a, that's a really short version. Uh, remember, Joshua and Caleb were two of the spies that went in there originally, two of the twelve, uh, and they're the only two that brought back a good report. And so they um, end up living. They're the only ones of fighting age that live through those 40 years in the wilderness. So now Israel's back at the Jordan River. They're about to go into the Promised Land. And um, I don't know if Joshua thought this or not, but... He didn't send 12. He just sent two, right? The, you know, there was two that came back with a good report the first time. I don't know. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm assuming maybe he thought this. Like, I'm going to send only two this time. So he sends two people to go spy out the promised land. And uh, one of the, the places that they go, they, they look around, but the place that they go to, uh, what we have a story of, is Jericho. Jericho um, was a fortified city. If you, if you remember right, when the original 12 spies went in, they came back and said, the cities are fortified to the heavens. There's no way we can get in there. The people are huge. We look like ants. If we go and try to take it, we're all going to get killed. So the spies go in, and one of the places they go to is Jericho. Now, Jericho, uh, what we can tell from archaeology, it was a um, a small, like, comparatively for, for us, is a small town. Uh, there was probably you know, 2,000-ish maybe people. Uh, around 10 acres is all. For some of you who live on a little bit of land, you know about what 10 acres is. Uh, if you think about it, this, it had a wall around it 
that, um, that the circumference was maybe half a mile. All right, so it was not really big, but they could get 2,000 people in there. Prob they might not have had 2,000 that all fit in there at the same time. They probably had people that you know lived kind of nomadically around. But if there was a threat, they would all go into the to the city that had walls, and the walls for Jericho, uh, it it had been built and and destroyed several times. But more than likely, the time that the Israelites came in, the walls. Uh, were, were somewhere around 45 to 50 feet high. We're talking a big wall. Uh, the, the city that they came in um, you know, after the harvest time, uh, we know that because uh, she was, uh, Rahab had flax up there. So they, they were fortified. Um, they had, there was a spring that, that came through. So they could probably last about a year in this city. There was no way that the Israelites could get in and they could last a, a, a year with all of their provisions and with the water that they had. So they were a very fortified town. Now, if you remember, uh, militarily, Israel way outnumbered them. We're talking 600,000 military men for Israel versus maybe 2,000 people altogether for Jericho. Big difference, right? So the, the, spies, um, the spies go to Jericho and they go to the house of Rahab, the harlot. Now, don't know if this is how, how intentional this was. Maybe, you know, with uh, Rahab, it, it, these were foreigners. Maybe this was the place that would welcome them. A couple of foreign guys come in. You know, maybe they're welcomed into the, to the harlot's house. I'm not saying that's what they were intending, okay? But they, they're looking for information. They're looking for a place to, that they can go for, um, you know, a place where they can go and stay or they can get information. They, they're looking for a friend. And they, they go to the house of, of Rahab the harlot. Um, and Rahab tells them something very interesting. Now, um, they quickly find out, by the way, that they were not very stealthy um, in their coming in because the king of Jericho says, uh, quickly goes to Rahab to find them. So that we know these Israelites came in, where are they? And she quickly, she says, look, they, yeah, they came, but they left. They took off. Why don't you all go out real quickly for, and, and go find them? You'll be able to catch them. At the same time, she hides them in some flax of stock, I'm sorry, stalks of flax that she had up on the rooftop. Now, um, this was a, probably a really good place to hide them because if you, if you were to think of um, hiding in pig slop, that would be kind of this, this time. You know, they, they were out um, you know, fermenting up there and, and probably not a very good smelly place. All right? But that's where she hid them. But listen to the, what she says when, she's, when she talks to the um, Israelites, to these two men. Um, verse, verse number nine says, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you. Remember, that's 40 years prior when you came out of Egypt when you did the and 
what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who are beyond the Jordan, to Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted, and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath. Now, therefore, please swear to me by the Lord, since I have dealt kindly with you, that you also will deal kindly with with my father's household and give me a pledge of truth and spare my father and my mother, my brothers and my sisters, who with, uh, who, I'm sorry, with all who belong to them and deliver our lives from death. So the men said to her, Our life for yours if you do not tell this business of ours and it shall come about when the Lord gives us this land that we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Okay, so she makes a, a huge statement of faith. Huge statement of faith. Your God is the God. It's the only God. What, it, what your God did for you made our hearts melt with fear. Now, th- think about this, okay? Usually, you think of an intruding nation as the enemy. Right. Think about the Brits coming in, right? One if by land, two if by sea. Yeah, the British are coming, the British are coming. And then we have, we have a, a someone who was, not, who was born not too far from here who, uh, who decided to help the Brits. Who's that? Benedict Arnold, right? And do we, do we lift him up as a hero? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I remember... You know, in, in school, we, you kind of, when, when I was in school, it was kind of, you, you just glossed over him because he was considered a traitor. Yes, there was Benedict Arnold. He was a traitor. We're not going to talk about him, right? <laughs> because what do you, you're, he's, you've got an enemy coming in, and you've got somebody who's helping the enemy. Do you see Rahab now? You've got this 600,000-man army coming in, she welcomes the spies when they come to her and say, hey, look, why don't you turn them over to us? She, she sends them out another direction, sends the spies out and say, okay, look, you go out and hide for a few days. When the men come back, then you're free to go. Please remember me. So you've got the harlot who is welcoming in spies and sending them out and says, remember me because your God is the only God and I want to follow him. Pretty amazing. You know, she, as, as we read to start with, she gets included in the line of Jesus. And what's really amazing is that um, even, and we'll see it here in a few minutes, but even in the New Testament, even today, like 3,000 years later, we remember her as Rahab the... How would you feel if your worst sin was what you're called for 3,000 years? Can you imagine someone coming in and just becoming part of the church and 
it's so-and-so the pedophile. And when, we, when we're giving um, you know, testimonies on Sunday morning, anybody have a grateful, yes, so-and-so the pedophile. Would you, what do you have? To, or so-and-so the thief. So-and-so the fornicator or the murderer. How would you feel if that's how you were remembered for 3,000 plus years? And yet, this woman here was of such faith that it didn't, her past did not get in the way of becoming a woman named one of the four, not including Mary, one of the four women of all of the line of Jesus going back to Abraham. Only four women are named. And this woman who was a prostitute, who was in a Canaanite city, who was probably named after a Canaanite god, she is named in the lineage of Jesus. Now, we all have things in our past that, well, let's face it, most of the things that we don't want anybody else to know, and that's fine. I don't want to know. But the devil wants to hold you back because of your past. God, however, wants you to fulfill the complete promises that he has for you despite your past. Now, if anybody in here has a more crazy past than Rahab the harlot, maybe you could tell me sometime, but I don't think you do. So if God can do it with Rahab, he can do it with you too. But how does the Lord do that? What, what is it that we can do what is it that Rahab did so that she was not defined by her past, even though we still have the name attached to her? She was not defined by her past, but she actually moved forward, and, and the Lord used her in such a major way that she is in the line of Jesus. Number one, I believe that, um, you could put it this way, that she... Um, she stood on faith rather than falsehoods. Faith rather than falsehoods. Um, if you would, <clears throat> if you have your Bibles, flip over to Hebrews chapter 11. Excuse me. Hebrews 11. <clears throat> For those of you all who um, know, know Hebrews at all, Hebrews chapter 11 is, is the roll call of faith. <clears throat> so it's got all the big you know, folks of faith in there, you know, Abraham and um, uh, you know, prophets and people who um, gave their lives for the, for the cause. <clears throat> Hebrews 11, uh, verse 31 says this, By faith, Rahab the harlot 
By the way, not just a harlot, but the. I'm sorry, Rahab. By faith, Rahab the harlot did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. So faith instead of falsehoods. You know, um, Rahab had to leave a lot when, uh, when, the, when the spies came in. If you, if you think about it this way, um, we, I don't know her religion. I mean, it doesn't go into detail and say, yeah, she was X, Y, and Z, and she went to the temple you know, so many times a week. Or I, It doesn't say that, but I, we can say that she was part of the, Canaan, uh, the Canaanites, and what they can tell archaeologically is probably some sort of ancestral worship. They, they found um, a bunch of, bunch of skulls buried together in... Um, you know, that looked like an ancestral worship type of religion. Um, but she actually, she left that religion. When, when she, when she with, went with the spies, she basically denied her religion, denied her, her heritage, and said, I will become an Israelite. Now, I, I don't expect that any of you are um, in some sort of uh, Canaanite religion. You're not worshiping your ancestors, right? Did anybody have any idols at home that you burn incense to? I hope not. I don't think so. All right, I'm not expecting you to do that. But you know what? <clears throat> An idol is anything that we put reliance on over God. Anything that we rely on more than God is an idol in our life. Rahab put faith in front of falsehoods. She put faith in front of falsehoods. And you know, in our, in our former lives or the things that we've done in our past, a lot of times those things become idols in our lives. They become idols, not in a way that you are worshiping those things, but oftentimes the, those are the things that when difficulty comes, that's what we go back to. I've known a number of people, you know, when difficulty arises uh, in their life, the, you know, if they, maybe they were an addict, and that's when they go back to the, to the whatever they were an addict of, the, the, to the bottle or to the drugs or to the... I, I heard of somebody just recently, again, and somebody that our family knows that um, something came up and they had been an addict before, and boy, that's exactly where they went right back to. And... You know, it's because that's the reliance. We rely on a falsehood, a false God, not a God with who is, you know, there's not more than one God, but we put make that idol in our lives because we rely on something more than we rely on God. What Rahab did was she put all of that away. So, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave the Canaanite religion. I'm going to leave the, the people that I've grown up with. She's, she was able to take a lot of her family with her. But think, her whole, everyone else was totally killed. Everyone else, except for her family. Even all the animals, everything. Everything was killed, right? But Rahab trusted in a faith in God, and she, she left the falsehoods. Now, again, what about us? 
you know, we, those, those things that are in our past can, can crop back up, especially when we have those times of trouble and times of difficulty. I don't know what those things are for you, but it's, you know, it's a lot, it's, it's, it's really easy. And the devil knows how to, how to get to us when, when things happen and we are either, maybe we're angry or maybe we're depressed or maybe we are upset or maybe we're lonely or maybe we are, you fill in the blank. It's really easy to go back to those things that we relied on before. But that's when we need to really put faith in front of the falsehoods and put our reliance on God rather than anything else. Realize that all those other things are false idols. Put those away. There is one God. Run to Him. It would have been great. I know that... um, There's such a support network. I'm thinking of, of this this person that we just heard of recently, who family uh, our family knows well, and she knows who the Lord is. If she had run to Him instead, run to people that she she that love her, run for that that support, running to then running back to the things that got her in trouble before. We can do that if we'll put faith in front of those false falsehoods and let our faith stand solely in Christ. How is, how is Rahab one that went from being Rahab the harlot into being in the line of Jesus, faith in, in front of falsehoods? Now, also, you know, another place in Scripture in the New Testament where Rahab is mentioned is in the book of James. If you would flip over to James, it's just... Um, a few pages to the right, if I can find it. James chapter number two. James two twenty-five. So Rahab put faith over falsehoods. She also put works instead of waste. Works instead of waste. Look, look at James uh, 2.25. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? So it's, it's interesting. Hebrews basically says the exact same thing, but it's with faith. You know, um, By faith you are saved, but your faith is not going to be alone. It's always going to have good things that that are associated with that faith. Now, what I'm what I'm not saying here, Ray, Ray had said I said that um, she put works instead of waste. I'm, I'm not just trying to say, please go and do good works so that you can get into heaven. All right? That is not what I'm saying at all. Please do good works. Okay? But it's not about the good works. But what it is, is... What I really want to emphasize is she put away the works of her trade in order to work for 
the good of Israel, the good of God. If you, if you think about it, think, if you think about it this way, and I'm, I'm reading into it, okay? I, I will admit this is, this is I'm, I'm imagining some of this here, but how many women do you think Rahab maybe had to lie to over the years being a prostitute? Did you see my husband? No, never saw him. How many people did she hide? How, how many things of her trade did she, you know, did she let somebody out the window before? I don't know. Okay, I'm just thinking. All right, here, here you have somebody who was, who was in, the, in, a, in a trade that is, is had to be stealthy to some extent. But she used some of this stealth. I mean, think about it. She lied to the king, right? The king said, hey, did you, uh, you see these guys? Yeah, I did. They were here, but they left. Go chase them. She was really convincing. You know, we... Um, we oftentimes define ourselves, whether we like it or not, by the things that were in our past. And that's how we do our works. As I was preparing this, I was thinking of um, you know, Forrest Gump. Stupid is as stupid does, right? But that's how we, that's how we often define ourselves. I, I'm, I'm in... I'm an addict, so the, everything I do is because I'm an addict, right? Or I was abused as a kid, so or as an adult, or whatever. So, so I'm operating at the good works that I do, or out of that sense of I was abused. Or I was a, I was a, a, um, a thief, right? And so. Everything I, I have to I have to think about it. everything I, you know, I'm doing. I'm doing it in a sense of that's who I was, and so my works are because. Quit that. All right. I was um, uh, years ago. I, I was meeting with a pastor friend of mine, and uh, we were just chit chatting and talking. And he he told me. Uh, about it, like an AA group that met at his church. He said, you know, I, I go. He said, I'm an, I'm an addict. And, um, you know, I, I've been sober X number of years or whatever, but, but I'm an addict, so I go to the AA meetings at my church. And I looked dead at him and I said, are you an addict or are you a new creation in Jesus? And he went... Like, I get your point. How are you defined? Are your works defined as something in your past? Are your works defined by pain from the past? Maybe even it's good. Ooh, we don't want to think about that. Something good that happened in your past, you can define your works by the good things even. I know people who succeeded wildly in their younger years, and they're always comparing back to, boy, 
when I was doing X, Y, and Z, it was so good. You're always comparing. No, 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 wait, wait, time out. Do the works that God has you to, for you to do. Do the works that the Holy Spirit is empowering you to do. Leave everything else in your past, whether it's past bad stuff or past good stuff, and let the Holy Spirit work through you for the good works that He has you to do. That's what Rahab did. She left it all. She, let, she, she worked the good works that, that, that was put right in front of her. They came to her. She did the right thing. She, had, she showed faith by her statement that we read a few minutes ago. She showed that faith. Your God is the God. That's who I want to follow. By the way, I'm going to save your life. Save mine. Right? Works instead of waste. And I want to go back to um, Matthew 1. Matthew 1. Again. I just read it. I don't have to read it again. But she also is part of the promise instead of the past. The focus was on the promise instead of the past. You know, she left a lot. Think about it. If you, when you think about Rahab, she and her family were the only ones who survived of her entire town. Probably her entire heritage. Everything that she had that she couldn't just carry out with her, that was all destroyed. All of her friends, all of her neighbors, all destroyed. Her home, now, her home was in the wall and uh, it was left standing, right? Which actually, whether, it's not, whether or not it's the exact thing or not, but archaeologists have found um, the wall around Jericho, um, most of it was totally trashed. It was gone, except for one part. Don't know for sure. But they found a part that's still standing. Right? But she left it. She left it to go follow the Israelites and to, go one, to, to keep on going into the promised land and to be a nomad until they came to the place where they, they lived. Right? She left everything to go follow after God. She, she left the past. She left, she left her business and her trade. It's we're all going, thank you. She's supposed to have left her trade, right? But she left it all. And eventually, she gets married to one person. Think about it. Okay, here is a prostitute. She leaves everything, and she gets married to a person who becomes in the line of King David, who is in the line of Jesus, the Messiah. She leaves everything in the past so that God will fulfill the promise through her. Now, 
this is tough. Because there are promises that God gives, and then he says, wait. We don't want to wait. I don't like waiting. Does anybody else in here like waiting? There are promises the Lord has given to us 20, 30 years, still waiting. Still waiting. For Rahab, the promise ends up being, you know, nearly 3,000 years completely. But look, what it takes is leaving your past and relying on the promise of God and trusting that He is going to fulfill that promise to you. What's the promise that He's given? What's the promise He's given to you? I don't know what the promises are to, He's given to, to you all, but you know what? I've got a choice myself. Am I, am I going to, you know, it, it's really easy, as we kind of said earlier, to, when, when, you, when you look up at the promise and you're going, is God going to do this? You know what? I'll, let me try this other way. I'm going to go back to what I know. By the way, remember Peter did that. Remember after Jesus died? All the disciples were sitting around. Peter's going, I'm going fishing. Yeah, I'm going to go with you. Right? That's, what it, that's, the, that's the natural tendency. When you're waiting on the promise, the, 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 the tendency is for us to look to our past and say, okay, what did I do in the past? Because that, something worked out there. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Get your mind off the past and keep your focus on the promise. Don't look to the past. Don't go back to, to whatever that thing is in your past because I have a promise for you. And that promise is so that you can walk with me and be even much more than what you could ever dream. Maybe that's for you. Maybe that's for your kids. Maybe that's for your grandkids. Maybe five, six generations down the line, they're going to look back and say, my great-great-great-granddaddy or my great-great-great-grandmother, she's the one that influenced me. He's the one that, that put this in me. He's the one that prayed for me. Or she's the one that, that gave this, this gift to me. Promise. Don't lose hope in the promise. Don't look to the past, but continue to press on into what God has. And more than anything, as we look to Rahab and realize that she had more than any of us a past that could have could hinder her. If you, if you say, hey, I've got a past, Rahab has more. I did, I did. Rahab has more. But what about, nope. <laughs> you can't compare to this. So don't you dare tell me you're disqualified. Don't you dare tell me you're disqualified. Rahab ended up in the line of Jesus. But have faith. Accept him. Follow him. He's a good God. 
you know, if I mean, he's not. If you mess up along the way, I mean, do I think you could, you know, shake your fist at him and say, I don't want any more of you, and he's going to say, okay, I'm going to put my hands off? Yeah, but you know what? If you're trying, if you're trying to follow him, even if you stumble, he's going to help you up and, and keep on going. Amen. Don't look at your past. Have, keep that faith. Keep on trying to do the works that he has for you to do. If nothing else, just do what comes in front of you. He'll bring it along. Let the Holy Spirit help you with that. Don't, don't look to the works of your past, whether those are good things or bad things. Work the works that he puts in front of you right now and, and work the works that he's giving you to do. And keep on holding on to the promise. Hold on to that promise and run for it. Go for it. Hold on. Don't let the devil steal it because God has more for you. He has more for you than you could ever dream. Just keep going. Just keep going. Let's pray together. Lord, I know there's people in here that their past keeps keep creeping up on them. And I know the devil lies to them. It says, no, you can't because you've done X, Y, and Z. And Lord, I want to break that for each of those people this morning. Lord, I am. Um, I've done this before, but if that's you, I don't want to see you, I don't care, I, I, but I want you to just make a motion to the Lord somehow um, in your heart. If, if you want to put your hand over your heart, if you want to raise your hand, if you just want to say, yes, Lord, please, please include me in that prayer, just make a motion to the Lord some way that, that you're saying, yes, God, that's me. I want to pray for you this morning. Lord, I pray for each of these people in here whose past is creeping up on them, whose past is saying, no, you can't because you've done this and you're, you're, you're disqualified. Lord, I break those lies from their, their ears right now in the name of Jesus. I break off those, um, that condemnation and guilt of the past from them right now in Jesus' name. And instead, Lord, I, I pray that you will begin speaking by your Holy Spirit in their ears. That you will begin to, to whisper to them of the glories of their future. Lord, that you will begin to enable them and empower them that when those, those lies start to come, that, that they'll be squashed in the name of the Lord, that they will not be listened to any longer. Lord, but I pray that you'll enable each person in here to, um, to, to step out of the things of their past right now and step into the, the future that you have for them, the, the full promise and blessing of the Most High God. So, Lord, for each, each one of these, I break off those sins of the past or even the good things of the past that are holding each person back. I cut them off now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, I ask right now that your spirit would come and that you would enable, empower, and give life and promise to each person in here. Lord, you're so good.
We just love you so much. Lord, I ask that you would um, just bless each one in here right now. I pray that your blessing will be on them for, your, for their protection, for their peace, their hope. Lord, that uh, everything that they need in life, I pray that you'll bless them. Lord, whether that's finances or energy or health or, um, Lord, if they need a new car or if they need, uh, Lord, if they, if they just are, are trusting for, for food on their table tomorrow, Lord, grant each thing. Lord, we just going to give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name. Amen.